this is the other thing, uh, getting nothing done. So a lot of times you come to the end of a project, you come to the end of something you've wanted to do for a while or something you've been working on, and you realize it sucks. It didn't work. It didn't, it didn't actually do anything. It didn't give me any traction. I got no revenue from it. I didn't, you know, nothing worked. My son just started playing hockey, which is a terrible mistake for me to make from a sleeping perspective. But he really wanted to do it, and I didn't get to play when I was a kid, so I thought, great, we'll go ahead and play hockey. And on his second day of hockey, we had to be at the rink for 6.30. So I told him, buddy, I'm probably going to have to wake you up in the morning. And he was like, oh, no, you will not. Uh, and at 5.40, he was like, do you want me to get all my clothes on right now? And I was like, I want you to get out of my face for 30 more minutes. Um, but we ended up, we ended up driving and in my, I was, as I'm driving along, I was sort of thinking like, uh, you know, I'll be really happy when he's playing games and when he's really enjoying this, but you know, this part of it kind of sucks. And then I looked back in the mirror and I saw this kid who is, uh, Jack is a very difficult child. His nickname is Vader after Darth Vader, and he recently said, he's never seen the movies, and he was like, is Darth Vader the bad guy? And I was like, I mean, look, he does kill a lot of children and a planet of people at one point, and he force chokes a bunch of people, but in the end, he has a heart of gold, and that's how I feel about you, and he did it all for love. So... So I look back and my son, who is typically jumping around, unable to control himself, you know, yelling, is just smiling as we're driving to this hockey practice at like 6.20 in the morning. And I realized that I have spent way too much time focused on the end results of things. Is that Chris's baby? Is that Chris's baby? Is that someone else's baby? You're not Chris's wife. Okay. <laughs> this is all fine. I want it to be known. I didn't see anything to suggest otherwise. I just saw Chris walk in and a baby walk in. Your baby's adorable. Chris, you're also adorable. Um, I hadn't met Chris's baby yet, but yeah. So, uh, so as I'm, as I'm driving, I have a tendency to think of everything based on what the end result is. And, you know, we talked a little bit about yesterday. Julie talked and a few other people talked about this idea of, like, you know, we want to measure everything. We want to get those metrics at the end to tell us whether or not something's worthwhile. But if you don't enjoy the process of it, you probably shouldn't be doing it. There are projects I have worked on where I've loved the paycheck and I have hated the job. And honestly, I'm still going to take them. It's a great paycheck. I get that. But I have to do more work that I enjoy. I, I have to. I said one day, I don't ever want to work for someone else anymore because I don't like all of the ridiculous things that go along with working for someone else. I don't like when you make me sit at a meeting so we can review an email you've already sent to all of us and we've already read about numbers that don't matter and we can't do anything about it. And I don't even work in that department. So I can't, I can't ever do that anymore. I, I spoke at uh, the Starting Point Entrepreneurial Conference about meetings and I was like, meetings, don't do them. We all good? Um, so I, I really started to think more about the idea of we focus really, really intensely on the end result of these things. We want the paycheck. We want the engagement. We want the likes. We want the shares. We want all those things. 
And I want all those things. As I said, I go everywhere I go hoping that people will like me. That's what I do. But I have to like what I'm doing. If I didn't like writing about my kids, I wouldn't write about my kids, even though Yummy Mommy Club is a great gig for me. If I didn't enjoy uh, talking about social media and all these things, podcasting, I wouldn't do a podcast, even though podcasting has actually brought me a ton of revenue in the last year in consulting and in marketing and all these kind of things. I wouldn't do these things if I didn't really, really enjoy them. So, you know, not to go with the whole like lame, just follow your passion and your dreams and everything will be right. No, it might not. Uh, but I will say that you will not be happy going through life doing things that you're not happy doing and waiting for that end result. Always looking at, I just have to get here and then I'm going to get here and then I'm going to get here. Well, enjoy driving your kids to practice at 630 in the morning, even though you haven't had a coffee and enjoy all those things. This is a big, important one for me because I can be very hard on myself. One of the things that when, when in, during Ruth Ann's presentation, she was saying, like, name who you are, what you're good at and what you struggle with. I'm really good and I know it works at telling people the processes they should follow. I know it works because I coach people and it works. And then I watch all of season three of Daredevil instead of writing a new webpage content that I'm supposed to write because I felt like it or I wanted to. So I know that it is not easy, but when I was, when I was being really hard on myself for things that would just end up being this vicious circle of like, you suck, you're terrible, stop doing these things. And now what I say is, all right, I didn't have the energy or the interest to do that right now. So I had to spend my time doing something else so that I have the energy to go ahead and do this now. Um, and when you start to be a little more forgiving about the content that didn't work or the delivery date that got missed or, you know, each of these things, you'll be a little bit happier about them. Now, I always back that up. You can't just miss every delivery date and suck at your job and still just roll through it. it doesn't work that way. But when you make mistakes, you need to be much more willing to A, understand that you made a mistake and, and be okay with it. And B, be willing to learn from it. I did a podcast episode. Anita posted uh, something about this the other day where she was listening to a podcast um, of mine. And one of the things I said was, I go into a lot of situations hoping to be proved wrong about something. And I really do. I love learning new things. Working with clients that are in the industries I've never worked in before is the most exciting thing to me in the world. I don't like just working with people who are just in the exact same circle with me. I love to learn all these new and different things. And sometimes it takes longer than it should, or sometimes it's harder than it should be. And you have to sort of say, okay, well, that's what we're doing. So the what now part, there's a few different things. My hope during this session was to give you both a broad overview of how you can be more productive, but also to give you some very specific tools for it. So things like the Pomodoro method, things like, and, and the Pomodoro playlist, which that part to me, like I started looking at Pomodoro method. I was like, that's kind of cool. When I switched to playlists, I was like, everything's fine now. Like, this is great. Um, I want to give people actionable things that they can do. I want people to read good books that are good. And I want people to avoid books that suck. Reading about how the most, there's a, the newest Tim Ferriss one, and I forget the name of it, but it's all these incredible stories of like, Tribe of Mentors, 
Private Mentors is a really cool book, but like very little of it is really applicable to my life. I'm not an Olympic weightlifter. I'm not a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. And so, yes, when they keep repeating, you should meditate and buy a sleep mask. I'm like, okay, cool. That's great. That's one thing. But that could, that could have been a very short book. Um, so what I really want people to do is take the opportunity to enjoy the process that you're working on. Stop comparing yourself to everyone else who's doing better than you because some of them aren't. We were out to dinner last night and we were talking about uh, people who use Instagram, people who are Instagram influencers. So I brought up this little app called IGAudit.io. IGAudit.io tells you, here's how many likes you should be getting versus how many you are. Here's how many engagements you should be getting versus how many you are. And here's what percentage of your followers are real followers. Be careful if you decide to use the app because it can be a little like, oh, all right. I didn't know I had a lot of bots following me, but um, there was an influencer the other day where someone asked me who is, who is just getting an influencing, like, how can I be like that person? And I was like, don't. Here's where they're at. 48% real followers. And you look at spikes and trap, you're like, they got 20,000 followers in a day where they didn't post any content. They got another $30,000 in a day where they didn't post any content. And you start to look at things and you realize like, you really are seeing the highlight reel of most people. And I try my best to, to put a little bit of honesty forward and things. I did a series of Instagram posts about all these yoga poses when I was first doing yoga. And I would have all these cool yoga poses that it was like, that's incredible. You can get into that. Yeah. Here's the process. I set up a video camera. I take 48 videos of me trying to get in that pose. I screenshot when the pose looked its best. And then I posted that on Instagram. But the next thing I did was I then posted the yoga fail videos. Here's me falling on my face trying to do this. There's a, a yoga, I can't even remember his name now. But he's a very influential yoga guy who basically said, I'm not posting pictures of me on Instagram anymore doing these incredible yoga poses because it's making you feel bad that you can't do them and you shouldn't be able to do them. I'm one of the best yogis in the world and I can barely do these things. So you at your studio who go once a week for the last three years shouldn't be able to do these things. And I shouldn't be posting that these things are really possible. So the what now is to try and be a little bit better at being you through this process. Okay. But like actually what now it's a little bit different. Uh, this um, is a spot where there is a sign up. Yes. I gave a sign up thing and you have to give me your email if you want stuff. Now, follow up to that. If you give me your email, here's what you're going to get. You're going to get this presentation. It's a very high level. It's literally what you saw here. I don't have the crazy notes and stories behind it because I don't do it that way. The second thing you're going to get is a discounted rate. If you felt like buying the book that I wrote last year, you can get 50% off buying the book. So instead of 25 bucks, it's 1250. If you don't buy it, I'm still going to be friends with you. Uh, if you don't sign up there and you really want the slides, you can email me or message me and I'll send you the slides. I have developed these lists. I haven't done a good job. Your best news is that I'm really terrible at then sending you stuff via these lists. Uh, you'll get that automatically because that's how I set it up. You, like uh, Six months from now, you might be like, oh yeah, here's a blog post. Um, so uh, the big thing is that I want people to understand as well that as much as I do this for a living, 
I really do a lot of this because I do like to really support the community. Anyone who knows me knows that you can message me and ask me a question or send me an email. And if it's something I can answer through a question or an email, I'm going to go ahead and answer it. If it's something that requires we sit down and you pay me a consulting fee to do it, I'll let you know that that's what it costs. But if I can help you in any way, please let me know. We have a couple minutes. Does anyone have any questions? I know that was like a ridiculous amount of information, but Leah. Perfect. All right. Brittany, close your ears. Uh, when I worked at the Halifax Mac store, there was a bunch of us who decided we wanted to start a small independent film company making these little funny videos. We, this is before I did any branding, any social media, anything. And we came up with the idea original copycat because we we're like, look, we're going to do some original things, but we're obviously going to be taking influences from other stuff. So I was like, great. We're original copycat. We made this cool little video that had all these black cats that popped up that meowed. And then one red cat popped up in the middle and made like a sheep's noise. We thought that was very funny. There's a reason you don't, you've never heard of us. Uh, and then I was like, cool, I'll just go get all those social media handles. And they were all taken because I had done no research and branding before I went ahead and did it. Fast forward, we started using that as a blog. Uh, for those of us who wanted to write, we used it as a blog. And then I had a client who was like, I'd like to hire you. What's your website? And I was like, just a second. And I deleted all of their blogs. Like I moved them off and just put like a little splash page up and was like one red cat, always with the intention that I would change as I grew, I would rebrand and do something different. And then literally like <laughs> now everyone knows me as that. And uh, so I just stuck with it and it became a thing. I don't have a cat, let alone a single cat. Red is not my favorite color. It's orange. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Other questions? Inda. So uh, the reason I have a podcast producer it's another important thing that I'll recommend to people. When you are struggling with something, let people know you're struggling with something. I went on Twitter one day and was like, I've been editing this stupid podcast for an hour. All I have is a muffled audio at the beginning. I suck at audio editing, so I can't. And I had someone that messaged me and basically said, I would like to edit your podcast. I really like your stuff. We've worked with you before on some other things. I'd like to go ahead and edit your podcast. So I don't edit it. He does, but it's literally just for all, all he does is pops my audio at the beginning and the end uh, and he'll clean up the audio in general. Occasionally, he'll have to cut something out. If uh, my podcasts are very short, typically, so I have anywhere from eight to 20 minute long podcasts. Um, and honestly, if it's not going well and I don't think it's great content, I just hit stop and I start over again because I don't feel like I've invested that much. I don't want to go through a big editing process for it. Some people do a lot more on the audio side than I do for podcasts. And I, I just don't, I haven't found that it's, that it's important, that it's that important for me. Um, yeah. That's pretty much that. Any other questions? Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Colleen was messaging. Is Jennifer the owner? She's yeah. So Colleen was messaging the owner of that coffee shop. And the owner was explaining, which I've never actually seen, there is also a fire hydrant in that general area. Um, and she was talking to her and like, yep, people park there all the time. Sometimes people don't, sometimes people do, and sometimes Jennifer maybe does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, there's a bunch of symbols on that sign. I don't really know. I think they were like, do you got any other stickers left over for these signs? And they were like, I don't know, that one, it's just like slapped up. doesn't make any sense. But, um, Margaret, did you have a question? I do, yeah. Um, we, my wife being the upholder has like our two year financial forecast and plan set up and I tell her how much I made and she puts that in that thing. Uh, so I still do set sort of targets for myself. I tend to set them as a freelancer. I tend to set them sort of quarterly and yearly because it's so hard. Like I might have one month. Like in September, honestly, I had a bunch of new relatively big clients and I'm not going to have a bunch of new relatively clients for the next month and a half. So I can't set a monthly goal for myself because I'm like, cool, you know, this isn't the real numbers, but like 12 grand. And then you're like, and eh, nothing. Uh, so I have the things where I sort of know, like, this is how many yummy mummy club posts I want to do. This is a social media client I have. So I have sort of recurring revenue versus new products, new projects. And so I try as much as possible to um, to, to hit those things. But um, I am, I'm always considering to – I wrote a um, an ebook called How to Build Your Superhero Squad. And one of the concepts that I have in it is instead of me deciding like, okay, uh, yeah, uh, okay, Terrence is a videographer. So when I need Terrence for a video project, I'll get Terrence. Instead, when I meet people that I think – that's a cool guy. I'd like to hang around him and get to know him. Then maybe down the road, we might want to work on a project together. So I kind of look at everything in terms of the overall value that it provides me, even if it doesn't go into a direct revenue kind of thing. Um, I look at, I want to build this network. I want to build more people and I want the people around me to do well as, as well. Allie. Yeah. So I have an idea of how much a project should really cost me, and then I have a modifier. So the modifier goes like this. If you suck, it's a high number. If you don't suck, it's a low number. This is not out of me liking you or not liking you or wanting to punish you or anything like that. It's out of the idea that if you are awesome, this product is going to go well, and if you are not awesome, this product is going to be hard to do. So if I decide that a website should cost $4,000, and you suck, I might say 4,000 times 1.5. And suddenly that's a $6,000 website because I know you're going to cause a lot of problems for me and this is going to be an issue. I also do some work for charities, not-for-profits, et cetera, where I tell them, hey, I'm going to do this at a much lower rate because I like what you're doing and I want to help out and I know you don't have the budget. And I also on a lot of those say, and you're going to leave me alone and let me do it. Um, so that's where the modifier comes into place. I really look at it in terms of how much harder is this job going to be to do based on, uh, the individual that I'm working with. Um, yes. So if, if it's someone, and when I say like, it's, it's, if I know the relationship's going to go well from a business perspective, then I will bring that number down. So 0.75 or 0.5 or 0.25. I mean, I've, I've done, very inexpensive projects because I know that that person, A, doesn't have the money to have it done, but also is going to be really great. It's going to let me do it. It's going to be good for me. It's going to be good for them. And we can go from there. So, uh, Leah. Okay.
haven't. Uh, the good thing with that is every product is so specifically different. Um, you know, I rarely have like I'm building the same website for the same people or the same project. I also typically will talk to people who I typically ask people not to share my pricing with other people. If you want to recommend me, recommend me and let us work out the details from there. I typically only tell that to the people that I give really good deals for. If you want to tell people it was a lot more expensive, you're welcome to. Uh, but that's generally how I, how I go through that process. Very much so. Uh, you can't ask me any more questions, but I'm going to be over there on Twitter and Instagram and et cetera. So if you do need to send me any messages, please do. Thank you very much for listening. I know that's a very long time to sit here. So thank you very, very much. Thank you.